So this gives you a great overall picture of your personality and possibly your life experiences because each of these planets in the signs represents a different aspect of yourself and flavors your life in a different way. And I'm on the roll. And welcome to this year's final episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with astrologist Natasha Weber about, you guessed it, astrology. This week's episode is the final episode of the year, so I sat down with Natasha to answer all your questions surrounding astrology, what the hell Mercury in retrograde is, and how you can start your own journey into understanding your star signs and how they may affect you. If you enjoy today's episode, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends, and if you haven't already, come join our community on Instagram at the Wow Podcast underscore. Hello, Natasha. Welcome to the Wow Podcast. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Georgina. It's lovely to be here. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about yourself to begin with? Oh, yes, I would. Um, I'd love to. Uh, Look, I'm going to delve back into my childhood and tell you that I grew up in the Melbourne Zoo because that's always something a little bit interesting. Um, My parents... Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, And the reason why I'm mentioning that is it actually sparked my love for uh, wildlife and animals, and I ended up doing a significant astrology research piece um, that was published in the American Federation uh, for the Astrologers internationally and that piece was called man and wildlife in astrology so I did spend my childhood there in the zoo and had quite a few interesting experiences there (laughs) um so moving on from that obviously I'm a single mama uh to two beautiful children and and a fur baby they both both my children happen to be Leos and my little puppy is also a Leo so I am am quite um affectionate with my Leos. Um, I have a Leo moon, so I guess they're in alignment with that. I'm a Gemini sun and a Sagittarius rising. Um, So being a single mum too, I guess, you know, I'm all about the female empowerment and sisters doing it for themselves. So I try and support that in my astrology work, definitely. Um, In terms of my astrology work, I studied at the AAAC, which is the Australian Academy of Astrology and Cosmobiology. And after three years of study with them, I was invited to join their senior research group, which is an amazing group of esteemed astrologers. Um, And in that group, we did various types of presentations to each other. So I learned so much and it wasn't until a couple of years ago really that I started my business, that I started AstroTash. Um, so it literally took me, it took me about 16 years to get to that point where I was confident enough to convey my message um, of astrology. And then from there things 
escalated pretty quickly. I became the resident astrologer for Body and Soul um, online and in the Herald Sun. And I am the astrologer for Mamma Mia. I write their weekly horoscopes as well. I provide daily astrology updates on my social media. And I also speak at events um, like the Soul Star Festival, which is a gorgeous spiritual festival. And I've been on Sunrise and various radio shows as well, speaking about astrology and what's happening in the heavens. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's I'm going to go off on a tangent here, so I might need to save some. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have such an incredible resume. I remember doing my research before coming and before asking you to come on the podcast and I was just amazed with how much you had done and how many people look to you for their um, astrology signs and information. And I guess for me personally, I'm going to put it out there that I really don't know much about astrology. I'm really in interested to learn more because I think as you grow older and you realize that being spiritual doesn't mean having a religion. It can mean many other forms. Spirituality comes in many different ways to people that I feel that people have a really strong spiritual spiritual connection with astrology and with their star signs. And I think it's a really interesting area to explore because it's something that I haven't really been exposed to much. I went in the boarding house I went to in high school, we had the the paper delivered every morning and I mean, I would jump to the horoscope section. That was the only piece in the paper that I would read. And I loved, that's basically the only astrology background I have was in high school. That was my morning ritual would be to wake up, go down to the boarding house, breakfast, canteen area, go back upstairs, sit on the couch, read my horoscope and go on to my day. So I'm really excited to, I guess, explore this a little bit more and understand because when people, like you said, you're a Gemini moon something and then rising Sagittarius. To me, I was like, this is so complex because I didn't realize you could have multiple star signs. So I'm sure we'll delve into all of that eventually. But what I want to start with is if you could explain, I guess, how astrology works in the realm of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Firstly, I have to say that I'm just smiling from ear to ear. You can't see me, but I am. I'm just thrilled to hear um, you say what you're saying because you're the type of person that I really wish to connect with. It is my passion to try and um, make people like yourself aware that there is so much more to astrology than just their sun signs. But having said that, I write those sun sign columns now and I get it. You know, I used to love those sun sign columns as a child myself um, and there is um, there is value in reading those, and I certainly try and impart some uh, valuable advice and guidance through my horoscopes. Um, but I do like to bring out the integrity of astrology because a lot of people feel, and rightly so, that the sun sign columns are, well, it can be very generalised. You know, how can we, um, how can we categorize the entire population into 12 categories only because people are so unique and and so different um, so I hope to kind of unravel a little bit of that uh, for yourself and for your listeners today because that is absolutely absolutely my passion to build that bridge between the sun sign astrology and the more ancient astrology from which sun sign astrology is derived um, so now your question 
Yes, so um, how does astrology work? So astrology is is based on what's known as a birth chart, I guess. Um, And a birth chart is a snapshot of the heavens at an exact moment of birth, an exact moment in time. And in this birth chart, it's like, It's like a map of the heavens that has every single planet um, in their respective zodiac sign. Um, So when a person is born, for example, they are born at 6.31 a.m. on a certain date, in a certain year, in a certain location, which is calculated by latitude and longitude. So part of my studies at the... um, Australian Academy of Astrology and Cosmobiology was to actually mathematically calculate these charts according to the time and um, adjusting to time zones and latitude and longitude. So what we end up with is a birth chart, which is a 360-degree wheel that contains all of the planets in their zodiac signs and everything, by the way, is measured in um, degrees, minutes and seconds. So You don't need to understand all of that, but you do need to know that the birth chart, which represents yourself, has all of the planets and all of the signs and not just your sun sign. Um, So when you refer to, sorry, just just for my understanding, when you refer to your sun sign, is that referring to, you know, the fact that I'm a Sagittarius because I'm born on the 6th of December? Is that what a sun sign is? Yes, that's correct. Um, So you're a Sagittarian, that's your sun sign, but you will also have the moon in a certain sign um, at your time. Okay. You will also have a Venus sign. You'll also have Mars sign and Mercury was in a particular zodiac sign at that time of your birth also and then not just you've not just got your planets and your signs but then there's the mathematical connection that everything is making to each other within this 360 degree wheel or circle known as birth chart Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. yes it does and to look to find your birth chart I think we we spoke about this off air when we first had a conversation, but you have a birth chart, um, like you, you can go onto your website and, and look at your birth chart. Is that right? Yes, I do. Um, so this is a free service that I offer and you can access it from my website, astrotash.com and pop onto the free birth chart. You have to enter your birth data. Um, so your time, if you know your time, if you don't know your time, I would suggest that you just enter 12 noon. Um, but in that case, there are certain uh, planets and uh, points that you you can't um, pay attention to. For example, your central rising sign is time sensitive. So if you don't know your time of birth, you're, you won't be able to find out your ascendant or rising sign, um, unfortunately. But there's plenty that you can see. Uh, you can know what your Venus sign is. You can know what your Mars sign is. So this gives you a great overall picture of your personality and possibly your life experiences because each of these planets in the signs represents a different aspect of yourself and flavours your life in a different way. Um, For example, your Venus sign will show how you love, what you love and what you look for in a partner. Um, 
the manner in which you love your partners um, as Venus also represents money and luxuries in our life. So they're all little different components that make us up to be the people that we become and that we are. It's like our astrological DNA. I love that. And then so when so when people talk about, I've heard this phrase a lot, Mercury in retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how does that then intertwine? Is that so when you do your birth chart and you look at your like your is it your Mercury sign, I guess, or mm-hmm. how does that how's the, how does Mercury in retrograde filter through all of this? Okay, so when people are talking about Mercury being in retrograde, um, they're usually talking about that happening in in current times, and so we're dealing with for example our next mercury retrograde is happening um, on january the 31st in australia so anyone born on that day in australia will have um, mercury in retrograde and actually it lasts for a couple of weeks so anyone born within that time frame will have mercury retrograde in their birth chart so generally speaking if you have mercury in retrograde in your birth chart then that's like part of your astrological DNA that stays with you and depending on how it's connecting in your birth chart um, mercury in retrograde is said to be challenging for people um, in terms of their the way that they communicate so mercury retrograde people can be quite shy especially in childhood but it's like a challenge for them to conquer that issue Um, so they turn to they might actually turn to uh, writing or some other form of communication to exercise that challenge and overcome that challenge Um, on the flip side mercury retrograde people um, can be incredibly philosophical and deep thinking so um, I find that you know with anything in astrology and, and in the birth chart there's Often, I don't like to use positive and negative, but, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. But maybe we could say there's a light and a shadow side to every sign and every placement. And um, that's what astrologer can help you do is to discover the light side of your birth chart to help you bring that out more and help you manage, you know, your your greater challenges and obstacles because we all have a bit of both. Mm. So I guess we've kind of spoken about, the past and how we can figure out our identity within the astrology yes. circle of things. Let's talk about the present and, and the future. How does that work into astrology in predicting certain certain things that may happen? Like yeah. how do you, is it is it the way that, you know, the earth spins and that we become closer and further away from certain planets that, and how does it all intertwine? I'm just, yeah. I'm so fascinated to learn how that works. Okay, so for example, using Mercury retrograde, for example, and just sort of going back to my initial point about when Mercury is in retrograde in current times, that is going to um, influence the energetic environment, if you like, that we're all experiencing. So when Mercury is in retrograde, it's said to be difficult for communications or anything to do with technology. Uh, So this is the time when I'd advise people to back up their phones and um, make sure they're really clear on communication because when a planet is in retrograde what that planet represents in astrology is 
said to be not flowing forward, not flowing smoothly. Um, it's going backwards, i.e. retrograde, but it's actually it's actually not physically moving backwards. It's, it's as viewed from Earth. Um, so that's a little technicality. But the theory behind it is that um, what that planet represents is not having an easy time moving forward. So there can be some issues. Um, and in Mercury, Mercury retrogrades example, it can be to do with communication, contracts, negotiations, discussions, technology and machinery because Mercury rules moving parts. Um, and this, sort of the same thing applies to, uh, you know, the lunar phases. And if we're going through a full moon or an eclipse um, or a new moon, these carry uh, different types of energies and knowing how to work with these energies can help us to make the best out of um, our current circumstances. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. So then you were talking about, you know, our horoscopes and the ones that we read in the papers that we might most commonly see as being our sun signs. How do those kind of predictions work and differ from maybe your moon sign or Mercury in retrograde that you spoke on? Well, the sun sign columns, um, otherwise known as the horoscopes, that's interesting because basically in the heavens, it's all the same for everybody. Um, Venus is going to be in Aries uh, on that particular day for everyone. It's not going to be in Aries for Gemini and then and Venus is not going to change signs just for a different sign. However, when an astrologer is um, working out the horoscopes for the different signs, what we do look at is um, obviously all the planetary movements and the signs um, and the lunar phases, of course, but we adjust to that accordingly to the signs, according to the houses. And the houses is another section of uh, the birth chart that represent different areas of life. So this is where the same astrology or the same planetary movements for everyone can have different interpretations because um, we adjust it according to the houses for the different signs. Right. It's so... I'm 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 really taken back by how much goes into it all. Like I, I I really didn't I didn't realize how deep it goes astrology in the connection to the planets and in the connection to even where the planets are when you're when you're born and all of that and that it, how it all just interrelates into the energies and to where we are as humans in our day to day being. Mm. It's incredible and no wonder it's it has taken you you know you mentioned before 16 years to then get your business up and running into a point I couldn't imagine how much research you've really done to get to that it's incredible well my goodness when I first decided to study astrology I contacted my teacher um and I said to her look how long is it going to take me to get my qualifications and to get up and running with this and she <laughs> she said to me well astrology you're always learning and it was you know she was basically saying you're you're never going to stop learning um there's always something to discover with astrology and I just wanted a cut and dried answer I wanted to know you know when I was all said and done and how long it was going to take me and that was that um and I was quite frustrated by her answer, but I have to admit now I look back and I think, you know, she was absolutely correct. You, you're, I'm always 
learning. And this is because the universe, uh, human beings, we are all constantly evolving and astrology simply reflects our human experience. No, it's it's incredibly fascinating. I remember, because obviously there are skeptics out there that maybe astrology isn't for them, but I remember having this conversation with a friend and we probably both sat on the, well, we don't know enough about astrology to not say that it doesn't exist, but at the same time we just don't know enough. So we sit in this camp of, yeah, uncertainty. And she said, but it's interesting because the moon's, you know, the the lunar phases of the moon reflect the tides of the water and our bodies are made up of 80% water. So if the planet itself that revolves around the moon is having these changes and shifts because of the stages that the moon goes through, why wouldn't we as humans go through those stages? And we both like were just so taken back when someone had said this to us because we were like, wow, like you can, that makes sense. Does that, is that, does that make sense to you as an astrologist in that way of thinking? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny that you should um, draw on the moon as an example because whenever I'm approached by a sceptic, that is my first response is to, um, to talk about the moon because people do know it's scientifically proven that the moon does control the tides and where it's actually around about an adult body is around about a, a, a child is more, but an adult, maybe that's why children are so much more receptive um, and intuitive, but uh, an adult is around about 60% of water. Um, so it does make sense that we're going to be attuned to the phases of the moon. Um, and, you know, astrology has been around since ancient Babylonian times. Um, so it's not something, it's not a new fad. This is something that we've been armed with for, for eons of time. Um, kings and queens used astrologers and astrological advice on matters of state. And then it wasn't actually until, well, around the advent of Christianity, astrology kind of lost favour around then. Um um, look, that's another topic. I actually did a little chat the other day about can you believe in God and astrology at the same time, and my answer is absolutely yes, you can. Um, but the evolution of astrology, I think, just really illustrates how uh, the importance and the relevance to our human experience over the, over life. It's something we, we just can't uh, discredit. Um, we do have some listener questions though and I was I could not believe it Natasha I've never had so many listener questions before but everyone was like oh my god can you ask her about this can you ask her about that and I was blown away and I was reading them going I have no clue what half of this stuff means but I cannot wait to find out (laughs) oh pleased to hear that Yeah, so I picked the top three and the first one is from Nicole and she would like to know why are our dreams so intense, disturbing and weird since the eclipse of the full moon? Yes, okay, well, you know, touching on what we've just talked about and how important the moon is um, with our, our experience here on Earth and in conjunction with the tides and so on, the moon can mess with our emotions. Um, because in astrology, the moon does represent our emotions. Um, and obviously, 
it's in sync also you know we talked about the correlation between the moon and the tides but the moon is also related to the female menstrual cycle um, so the cycle one's female men menstrual cycle is equivalent to one revolution of the moon around the earth so we are all in sync with that as well and of course the moon in astrology not only represents the water here on earth it represents the water in the body the body fluids the lymph the blood and you know, hence the connection also with the menstrual cycle so it's all connected um, so when there's a lunar eclipse, oh, and by the way, um, in astrology, the moon also rules our subconscious. So they are making the connection with the dreams. Um, the lunar eclipse, we recently did have, uh, Nicole, you're correct, we recently had a lunar eclipse, which was in Gemini. Now, an eclipse, when an eclipse occurs, um, and a lunar eclipse is when the Earth's shadow is cast onto the moon so the moon is somewhat obscured it's um, somewhat in darkness and when something so it's, it's hidden to a degree and when something is hidden it's pushed beneath the surface it's repressed it's hidden away and often the balance to that is to find an outlet or to find a way out um, to be released in some way so when it's being repressed, it wants to find an outlet, outlet to be expressed. Um, and what better way than through the subconscious mind? So Through dreaming. Um, yes, yeah. through dreaming. So that's my theory on, on this in terms of the lunar eclipse, if, Nicole, you're experiencing these vivid dreams. But I would suggest not everyone is going to experience this and quite possibly... Um, this lunar eclipse in Gemini, this particular one, I would say is triggering either your 12th house or the planet Neptune or the Pisces in your chart. Now, we, we have every uh, sign represented in our chart, even if we don't have a planet in that sign. Um, it is in there somewhere. So I think that this lunar eclipse has been triggering for you in, in one of those three ways because the 12th house rules our subconscious mind, Neptune rules dreams, and so does Pisces. And so everyone, depending obviously on your birth chart, your sun sign and all of the above, everyone will have a different experience um, during these kind of lunar cycles and, and the full moon eclipse that Nicole's touching on. Is that how it works? And that's a really fantastic point. Thank you very much for bringing that up there's the general vibe there's always a collective vibe with each astrological occurrence that we're going to be feeling to a greater or a lesser degree but whether you experience it on an individual personal level that that is more dependent on whether that particular astrological event is triggering your birth chart or your star sign in particular Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I could have had a completely different experience to to Nicole from from the recent eclipse of the moon depending on our birth charts that's right that's right so if the lunar eclipse um, in Gemini was triggering your Mercury sign for example then that could have affected a conversation that you might have an important conversation or an important negotiation for you in one way or another Okay, interesting. I have a question from 
Akanasha, um, and she would like to know career for Leos in 2021. Okay, Leo, love you, Leo. Really, one of my favourite signs. <laughs> As I mentioned, my two babies and my third baby. Are yes, right. your little babies. Yes, um, and of course my my moon sign. So I'm right on this now. Leo, as I mentioned before, and I won't get too technical with this, um, but according to the houses, Leo's career zone is governed by the sign of Taurus. So Taurus governs the 10th house, which is the career house for Leos. Now, the sign of Taurus has been going through quite some substantial shifts and changes. Um, and this has been affecting the career for Leos, if that makes sense. So, uh, so in January, the sign of Uranus in Taurus will be affecting your career zone in that it will be encouraging you to move forward. It's positive because Uranus is going to be going direct in January. So this is positive for career for Leos. It means that you'll be moving forward in your career, you'll be smashing career goals, and you'll be feeling on path. But by August, Uranus is going to go retrograde in your career zone. And this might cause you to reassess what you're doing in your career. Um, you might decide to change direction or change paths. And this is... You know, it might be unsettling for you, but this is actually very positive if you go with this flow. If you're feeling that uh, intuitively you need to change paths, then I would encourage you to, to follow that path and to, um, to reassess and take a second look at that. Um, it could be also a time for Leos around August through until the end of the year, actually, that um, many Leos will decide to do something completely different in their career. And it also is a fantastic time if it's something that has been on your mind to start your own business, to go out on your own and to be more independent in your chosen field of work. I'd say from August through until December would be a fantastic time to do that. Wow, that's very exciting. <laughs> and the final question is from Liz. And I feel like I finally understand um, this question after uh, having our conversation earlier. So Liz wants to know advice for Saturn return people currently Virgo rising. So oh, the Virgo rising, is that her moon sign that we're referring to before? No, the Virgo rising is her, it can be called a rising sign, but I often call it okay. the ascendant sign. Either is correct. Okay. So um, that does give me an idea, another little flavour of Liz's personality. But just going back to the Saturn return, I'm assuming that this is her first Saturn return because Saturn returns so when we're talking about a Saturn return, it's the point in which Saturn comes back to your birth chart. Uh, so it's the same sign and degree that Saturn was in at the time of your birth. And it does that about every 29 to 29 and a half years. So I'm assuming that Liz is around that age and this is her first Saturn return. So often with the first Saturn return, we're stepping up into greater responsibility. 
Um, it's the time at around that age that people tend to get married, they take on a mortgage. For some people, it can indicate some health challenges as well. Um, it certainly did for me when I was around that age experiencing my Saturn return. However, it's just, it's a heavier, more serious, somber tone, but it can also be fantastic for um, being efficient and making progress and getting ahead in life. It's a time of maturation and growing up. So, Liz, my advice to you would be um, you've got to work with a Saturn energy. Uh, it's, it's quite dangerous to try and shirk that energy and run away from responsibility at that time. I would encourage you to step into it, to do the work, to get serious, nose to the grindstone, buckle down, don't run from responsibilities. I sound like a teacher. And take care of your health. Now, if you do all of that and you step into that responsibility, there are great rewards ahead for you. Um, and having that Virgo rising, though, I will just add this um, little bit of advice in there. So the Virgo rising tells me that you can be particularly hard on yourself. So now that's all that can kind of double up on this energy. So I will just add in to be a bit kind to yourself through that process. So by all means, you want to do the work, you want to get serious, but try and just nurture yourself a little bit through that as well. And so could you explain what does Virgo rising mean? Okay, so if someone's got a Virgo rising, so a rising sign or ascendant sign firstly for everybody is basically like the outer layer of ourselves. Uh, the birth chart is like a, uh, it's like many different layers and flavors to who we are. And the rising sign is that outer layer or that personality. It is how other people see us, how other people view us. And it's also obviously an important component of who we are. But just in comparison with the sun sign, the sun sign is more like how we like to shine out in the world. It's our basic character. And our moon sign is more our emotional self, our inner landscape, our soul. It's a deep, deeper layer again. So that rising sign. So other people will look at Liz and say she's extremely clever. Um, highly intelligent with an attention, great attention to detail. Virgo rising people can be amazing in um, any sort of work that requires that attention to detail. Um, Virgo rising people can also be quite practical and pragmatic in their uh, points of view because it is an earth sign after all. Um, but they're clever, the Virgo rising signs, and other people will see them that way. And sensible, you know, she's, she's got a good head on her shoulders, that one, she's sensible. I'm curious to know, Natasha, if people want to learn, really get into the nitty-gritty of this, do you go and consult an astrologist or do you just do your background reading yourself? Like do you have people coming and booking consultation services and you sit down with them and you go through all of this and explain this to what it means on a personal level to them? Well, it depends what you're looking to do with it. Um, I think if you're wanting guidance, astrological guidance, uh, for example, if you're at a crossroad in your life and uh, you need to make a decision which way to go, then an astrology consultation can be helpful um, in, in choosing which, which path to take. 
Um, also, if you're wanting to schedule a date for surgery, for example, or a wedding date, then you can consult an astrologer to simply um, help you pinpoint a date that would be most auspicious for that sort of thing. Um, if you want to just have an astrology consultation to get the best out of yourself in general, generally speaking, um, and make the best out of your, um, you know, best attributes and and overcome certain challenges, then you can certainly book an astrology consult for that. If you're looking to um, learn more about astrology because you love to follow the stars yourself, I would start with understanding your birth. I would start with getting a birth chart calculated, which, as I mentioned, you can do for free on my chart. Um, and then it depends how far you wish to take it. Um, I think the most accessible way for people to learn is, well, follow me on, on Instagram because, um, you know, you can get some astro updates on a daily basis. And then if you've got your birth chart there, you can kind of align it and try and work it back with your birth chart. Other than that, I would recommend uh, books, anything by Robert Hand. Um, he's quite technical so you might need to know a little bit of astrology lingo before reading his books but I do love his books I'm also writing a book which will be a long way off but my my purpose for writing this book is as I mentioned about my passion for trying to bring a little bit more integrity to the sun sign horoscope lovers so it will be for the everyday person that loves to read their sun sign um, in the newspapers, but also wants to know that little bit more. You know, I think reading books is a great way to start. And then certainly if you were considering doing this um, professionally, I really encourage people to, to study properly. There are so many astrologers out there that are offering advice and they, they just don't, you know, I will say they haven't studied. And it's important to do that because it's so easy to make a mistake. And if you have the background knowledge or the mathematical knowledge, that's something that you can pick up. And you need to do that because otherwise you're going to give people incorrect advice and you're not going to be able to pick that up. Um, and that's easily done, yes. And I want to know for you personally, and I guess uh, some of your clients maybe, how have you found astrology to be empowering as a woman? Well, I think self-awareness is incredibly empowering. Um, I remember when I first started studying astrology and I looked at, we were given our birth charts on our first lesson and a little bit explained to us. And I looked, you know, it was my moon sign really and, and, and the Leo Midheaven as well. Midheaven has is related to Korea. Um, and I looked at it and I suddenly had, it was like an epiphany I had about myself. And I suddenly realised that, you know, the way that I was is kind of here written in stone. And that was a beautiful moment of self-acceptance. And I think when you come to accept yourself, warts and all, that's incredibly empowering. And it's sort of like, well, this is the way I am. And that's okay. And if you don't like it, you can move along. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's empowering. And, and self-acceptance is the first step towards self-love also. They go hand in hand too. And what's more empowering than being self-accepting and self-loving? 
I love that. Um, and I, one of my final questions for you, which I feel like I could go on for hours and ask you so many more questions, but um, I'm aware of your time. So I'm wondering, Natasha, if you could share with me one of your favorite mottos or quotes when it comes to astrology. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have a couple, but probably my favorite one that would spring to mind would be as above, so below. And have you heard of that one? No, I haven't, but it it kind of, it makes sense after our conversation today. Yes. And so um, the reason why I love this is because it illustrates, it speaks of this, uh, the synergy between astrology and our human experience. And, you know, I always say to people, the planets don't force you to do things. We still always have free choice. And I think I'm really actually glad to have this opportunity now to, to mention this in our discussion. It's so important to know that you do have choice. The planets don't make you do things. We are working together. The universe is working with us and we're making choices and working with the universe. You know, we are are affecting each other. And I think that quote, as above, so below, illustrates that beautifully. Mm, That's a great one. And lastly, I'm wondering if you could please share with us a little bit about the services that you offer and where we can find you. I will link all the details that Natasha does share with us in the show notes below though, so that everyone can come and find you because I think everyone will be wanting to find you after this. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I love my Instagram community. I'm also on Facebook. Um, this is where I'm focusing a lot of my time. I'm doing uh, daily astrology updates. And of course, I publish all of my horoscopes on my social media as well, um, as well as my website. I do uh, weekly horoscopes and monthly horoscopes. And now I'll be um, doing the annual horoscopes for 2021 um, for actually for uh, Stella Magazine, Body and Soul in the Herald Sun. However, um, you can pop over to my website, astrotash.com. I am no longer accepting new clients for readings, unfortunately, that that might change in the near future. Um, however, you can get that free birth chart and then you can that can help you follow on on the social media and hopefully teach you a little bit about your own astrology. And um can also purchase from my um, astrology website you can purchase written birth chart reports and that's a 23 page report that doesn't offer any forecasting but it does give you a really thorough analysis of your birth chart and all the planets and the signs and what they mean and the connections and so on oh wow okay fantastic well as I said All those links will be in the description below so you can go check them out. Otherwise, Natasha, thank you so much. I I feel very lucky to have had you on today to share all this incredible knowledge with us. So thank you for taking the time. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. And I just want to wish all of your lovely listeners a, a much better and brighter 2021. We are moving into brighter times. So Keep your chin up and lots of love and light to you all. Thank you so much. Thank you 
so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned in the intro, this is the last episode for 2020. I'll be taking a short break, but rest assured, I will be back in the new year for some more episodes. So stay tuned and come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas and New Year's, and I can't wait to bring you more podcast episodes in the future. Lastly, just a friendly reminder before I go that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful break and I'll see you in the new year. And I'm on a roll,